<laughs> yeah, I get it. All right. I think it's happening. Okay. It's happening. I see the, I see the red light. <laughs> okay, then. <clears throat> and I guess it's real. Um, welcome to another episode of What Else? Uh, my guest today is Paru Shah. Paru, thanks for being a guest on What Else? Thank you for having me. My pleasure, always. Um, I sometimes ask people their middle name. Do you have a middle name? I do. It's Radha. Okay. And are you named after people in your family or anything like that? Or no. Some names? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, um, there's no story there. No, that's fine. It doesn't need to be. It's, there's no pressure here. Um, so I have, uh, I was thinking about this earlier. One of the topics I sometimes, um, ask people is about whether or not they are interested in, um, excuse me, running for like public office or something like that. And you might be the first guest I've had who is actually act actively done that. Right. So, um, can you talk a little about your experience, like what your first foray into that was? And Yeah, 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 for sure. So um, I can't remember. I feel like I knew you when I wanted to run for office in Chicago. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so as somebody who studies politics, I think I'm also just really interested in politics kind of generally. And I think it's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and so I've always, and also really interested in school politics and education politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this interesting statistic in, um, and so I study women who run for office. And one of the interesting statistics is that usually you have to ask women, you know, four to five times, um, Hey, I think you should do this. I think you'd be great. Men usually once. Or you don't have to ask them at all. They've already decided that they're like, you know, yes, of course I should run. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, I mean, I feel like my story is really similar. Like somebody asked me to run for this office. And originally I said, I don't think this is a good time. And, you know, I had just moved to Shorewood. And and it just felt like, you know, like a weird time to do, have, add anything to my plate. Um. But then it was like, there's also these moments, uh, which I think new people running for office look for, which are these strategic moments where it's going to be a little bit easier to get in, Um, right? So there isn't a um, incumbent or there isn't, um, you know, some other kind of impediment to it. I don't have to raise a lot of money, like all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And so, um, so yeah, so I actually... The first time I didn't run, I was appointed because there was an open seat. And what was the position? Yeah, school board. School member. board, okay. Which is yeah. different and than then, a school council, or is that the same thing? No, like the local school councils in Chicago are at the, each school. Okay. And here it's like the school board would be like the Chicago public school school board. Like it's for the, all the schools in a community. Okay. So it's a little bit bigger. I mean, Shorewood is so small that it's not that much bigger, but you know. So yeah, so that's the story. So you got a. T- so I'm sorry, I cut you off. You you got appointed to this. So I was appointed because somebody finish. left okay. to finish their to finish their term, and then I you know ran. And once like well, you know the secret in it's not even like a secret, but you know it's like incumbents have so much, um, like kind of pull into just people know who you are. Sure, they've seen your name somewhere. I've sent an email or something. You know 
right. or some email was sent with my name on it. <laughs> so once you have it, once you're an incumbent, it's like it, 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 the bar like drops significantly. Sure. So then I ran. And so now this is my kind of my start of my third term. Wow. So how long yeah. is the term? Three years. I have a vote for Paru button on my refrigerator from nice. the Chicago election. Awesome. Um, what are the what are the downsides of the process of running for you? Um, I, so I think in a school board election in a small community. So I live in Shorewood, Wisconsin, which is like twelve thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Evanston of Milwaukee, right? But small. Yeah. Right. I mean, Evanston's much bigger. Yeah. And so I think the hard part is that, you know, everybody, so you know, the people who voted for you and the people who didn't vote for you, you know, (laughs) like, it's not like there's this kind of like uh, surprise of who that is. Um, But it's, uh, I think people expect a lot from their elected officials and um, it can be more demanding than I think people realize. Um, And so I think that part can get hard. uh, Demanding in like what kind of ways? Well, I think, you know, I live in a, like, like Evanston, it's a high performing school district. And so we're in this moment of, so what does that look like for us right now with the pandemic? There's all this, I, I mean, the other thing that I think that's similar to a place like Evanston is that there's, it's a majority, this is probably a majority white community, suburban community that has a lot of racial issues, right? That we are, you know, not good at dealing with. And it's like the liberal, the white liberal, like I'm not a racist kind of stuff that then plays out in ways that aren't great for students of color. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's always these tensions. So it's like, a, it's much more of this, like, who do we want to be? You know, how do we live up to the standards that we've set for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Type stuff that I think can get, it's, it's just difficult but not like more difficult than other places. And the nice thing about being in a small place with not a lot of people is that I'm not like trying to raise $200,000 also to run an election, which would be crazy. Right. So. Yeah. So can you tell me a little about the, the, the process of doing it? I, I don't like, are you going door to door? Do you have to go to a bunch of things and keep repeating the same stuff? Do you have to pretend to be interested in what people are telling you? Like, how do you? Yeah. I mean, you definitely do all the, um, you know, meet and greets, shake hands. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I pretend to be interested in what people are telling you, but people want to tell you lots of things. I mean, people, the, 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 the thing about, schools you know we were just talking about kids i mean people are very invested in their own children which totally makes sense right of course. um and so yes we all want to you know want the best for our kids and so but for me i have to also think like how do we how do we be the best for most kids for all kids mm-hmm. for the kids who aren't mine you know for the kids who aren't going to probably like you know are probably not going to be okay if we just kind of there's lots of kids who, because of, you know, privilege and other things their families have, will be fine, you know, and will like, ha- they have the ability to fill in the gaps where public education can't, but others aren't. And so, you know, I think our responsibility in a place with, you know, that serves all students is to be thinking about all those students um, at all times and the ones that 
you know, this is that this is what we're, you know, trying to do is bring, you know, make sure all students achieve or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. be good people. I, I think in the end, like I, it's funny. I think when me and you were in school, I think about how much tracking, like, you know, like I was in a school in a high school where there was kids who were in AP classes, kids who were in normal classes and kids who were in, you know, like shop classes. Right. And now we don't do those kinds of things, but, um, you know, like really, like how do you be successful in the world today? And it's not really about memorizing a bunch of facts. It's about being a good human being and how much can we like teach that and like Mm -hmm. practice that, you know, with young kids Mm -hmm. and then how, you know, and then I think people still want to know like, well, what's the test score and what's, you know, (laughs) what's the grade. And I don't know if you can grade those things. So what are the approaches to trying to, create good human beings through the school system like how do you even do that i think we spend a lot of time um trying to get people to work together in groups there's a lot of kind of learning to fail well to you know the whole idea of perseverance and grit and things like that but also Mm -hmm. just um you know like like skills more than um facts I think when we were growing up, I spent a lot of time learning facts. Yeah. And now it's, you know, since everything is available to you, like there would be no circumstance in which some, you couldn't figure out like what the capital of Nebraska right. is. Right. Right. So knowing that, what does that really get you versus being able to like problem solve with three people who you don't know very well mm-hmm. and come up with something pretty creative, you know, mm-hmm. doing that. So I think there's more of that attempt to try to move towards um, those kinds of skills of like problem solving, communicating, um, you know, and then the kind of being a good person piece is about like, how do you treat others, you know, and learning about social justice and being like aware of the fact that those are things that also, you know, people do in a democracy. So. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Um, have you learned about some of these things and going through this and trying to, I guess, probably be involved in figuring out sort of school programming and things like that? Like when you talk about these principles, these ideas of teamwork or perseverance, just as two examples, like, do you feel like you're learning something about those things as you're thinking about how to impart that to kids? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it's definitely a skill that I've been working on as well for a long part, a lot of my adult life. Um, I'm always, I think the thing that's great about teaching kids these kinds of things is that they are so smart and so creative in ways that adults, we've just kind of locked ourselves out of some of that creativity. Mm -hmm. Not probably just because of like, we've decided this is a certain, there's a path that we're on. Right. These are the ways we do these things, right? Um, and so the things that I've learned is just to be less, um, or just be more open to, oh, mm-hmm. I never thought of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't think of myself as a creative person because I don't, you know, like, I don't create music. I don't, um, I'm not an artist. Um, but I can, but it's helped me think creative to, creatively about problems, maybe, mm-hmm. in a different mm-hmm. way. Mhm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um 
what have you learned about, because I assume that you're on this board with a bunch of other people and you have to figure out how to negotiate and navigate with them. Have you learned any lessons you think for specifically from, from your time doing that? Um, I think that if people come, if we all are agree on some sort of like why we're there, I think we can and be willing to have hard conversations and then agree to disagree, you know, in a way that isn't about, I think what's happened in politics, right. Is, um, this very much, uh, uh, language of, you know, you don't get me or, um, just unwillingness to kind of, you know, see like, well, maybe I, I see the other side, but also just being willing to say like, okay, I want to change my mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard now to say that, you know, um, because of a face losing dynamic. I think in politics for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think being changing your mind where you could say somebody that's being adaptable, others will be like, wish that person's wishy-washy or, right. you I know, um, but I think that's an important ability. You know, I think it's a good, like a uh, way to be willing to say like, okay, so yeah, I, totally didn't see that. And now I agree, you know, you've given me something to think about and I need to think about that. You know, um, I think that it's nice because the people I've worked with on the school board have all been people who I think are in, who believe strongly in public education and making sure, you know, like the outcome of all kids learning and all kids achieving and being successful is something they want. And so if we know that that's, we agree that that's what we're there for, then I feel like getting there can be, uh, you know, uh, it could be a difficult conversation, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, are you good at disagreeing with people? Like in a way that is constructive or are you like, I think some people are, um, more inclined to just kind of go along and, and not avoid confrontation or whatever you want to call it. And, and, um, I mean, just in your approach to, to navigating that kind of stuff. I think I'm, I mean, I do disagree a lot with people. So mm-hmm. it's like, I've probably had more, you know, practice with it. Plus as a professor, like students sometimes say things that I'm like, okay, let, let's think about this for a minute, you know, like, sure. but, um, and I think like, I know, um, uh, Mac and I have talked about this. Like I, I do see how over time, like the people who, disagree with me I've have less friendships with those people you know like you end up finding yourself kind of narrowing the scope of the people you talk to on a regular basis the people who are very much aligned with a lot of the things you think of right um and I think that's probably pretty dangerous (laughs) in like the big scheme of things you know (laughs) because you're because I don't I don't talk to people who um probably believe really differently about than I do about what I would consider some core values. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like there's also a part of me that's like, that's fine. You yeah, know? Do you think it's important to have people who have very different views or do you think it's like, well, I'm aligning with, you know, people right. because we are, uh, you know, we, sh- it's important to share the same values with the people that you run with and that kind of thing. I, I guess there's like, you know, I think there's like limits to the, like, I, I think there's some probably non-negotiables, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I wouldn't be friends with somebody who 
you know, thought that we shouldn't have immigrants in the United States. Like, I just feel like there's some things where I'm like, then what, I don't know, like that to me is like a fundamental difference that we would have that I think would be difficult to overcome. Um, But on the other hand, you know, like, am I not talking to people who feel really differently than I do about, I don't know, something less like, um, I don't know, something else. I can't think of what else it would be. Like, it's probably fine, you know, in those situations to have, it's probably better, honestly. I mean, I spend a lot of time with this, you know, if, if any of my students that end up listening to this, I spend a lot of time in my class talking about my race and politics class, about how you have to have these uncomfortable conversations with people because otherwise you always, like you get so like, oh, everybody thinks like me. Sure. You know, everything you see and read and talk, every, you know, everything just like confirms your own biases in a way that's really not healthy. <laughs> so I actually have the privilege of being in a classroom where I know I'm going to encounter people who are going to be thinking pretty differently than me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it could, if I ha- didn't have that, if I just relied on my friends and family, I think it might be a little dangerous. Yeah. So. And do you, in your personal life, do you seek out the uncomfortable conversations? I think, I don't know if I seek them out, but I'm not, um, I think maybe I try to put myself in places where they could happen. Yeah. You know, I think that that would probably be more likely than like, I have, you know, like, like you, you know, like, I think we've had like some really hard conversations and I know that that's a possibility. So I'm not gonna, you know, like I want to be in that space. Like I find it really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going out to like, you know, look for, Sure. Arguments, though, either. Yeah. That, well, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people are, but I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but you feel like you're open to them, and if it, the opportunity comes up to get into something, you're. What do you? Yeah. Think, what do you think the? Is it? When you think about that, so if you and I are going to have a spirited discussion, which we've probably had on a few occasions about something or other, right? <laughs> Politics usually. Yes. Is it? Are you like, maybe it's different each time, but are you thinking to yourself, like, I have an, a hypothesis, I'm going to test it out by bouncing it off this other person, or I want to see if I can learn something here? Like, what's your kind of primary thing when you go in and mix it up in a, in a conversation like that? I think, I mean, I think that I, I could learn something is definitely part of it, but I think yeah. there's ideas sometimes where it's probably more likely that I think it's a provocative idea that I'm not sure I have like a firm understanding yeah. of how I feel about it. And yeah. so it's really great then to like have somebody kind of like, and I know that I'm not necessarily also well-versed in all the kind of background knowledge around that topic. Sure. And so then to have this conversation and be like, oh, okay. Or, you know, and yeah. Um, and if it's something that I know both of us are pretty passionate about, like, you yeah. know, who's going to be, then I think that that leads, lends itself to kind of at least learning something new, you know, yeah. which is great. Yeah. That's very interesting. I feel like there's a things where sometimes that happens where people are in some conversations I have like that, where it's basically like, who has the sort of credentials and then that trumps the other person and it kind of ends there. Whereas I think some people are, it it helps to be willing to entertain the idea that neither of us know all about this or it doesn't matter who knows quote unquote more. It's like, let's, let's talk about it. And if people can come at it from the point of view of let's, 
let's explore this together. There's something we both could learn or learn about ourselves or our positions or, you know, as opposed to like a, a, a who's going to win this. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, or, you know, just being willing to say like, um, there are no credentials really anymore in some ways, you know, like people, right. you know, I think there used to be a time when people would be like, Oh, well you must know this because of X. And now it's like, sure. I really do think people it's a, a, so, I mean, how much we all consume in yeah. terms of, you know, media now, it's just like, I can only, you know, it's, we're all kind of well-versed in a lot of things probably. Right. So when you, uh, for context, for people who are listening, um, you teach what kind of classes specifically? Uh, you did, uh, I teach college level, uh, political science, uh, undergrad, mostly classes. On um, my focuses are usually in race and politics and urban politics and like public policy. Okay. So, yeah. Um, how do you, like, what do you think you've learned from your students? Either. Um, oh, my students at the high, at the college. Yeah. When do you learn anything about people or about, I don't know anything yourself <laughs> um, from, from, you know, just dealing with them over the years. Yeah, I think um, so. You know, I think uh, as somebody who, you know, we've both been to have been to college and I think that there's like where I teach now is definitely an access school. So a lot of first generation students who've never don't have kind of like any, anybody else in their family who went to college. Um, and so one of the things, and you as well, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think it's a really, um, it's, a, it's a different kind of challenge for them in a way that you don't fully appreciate um, until you start understanding like, you know, like how things are pretty, can be very precarious in a way that school is, you know, like an added, like excitement, but also, you know, like hardship yeah. in some ways. And they don't necessarily know how to navigate those things. Like, I don't know if you, you know, know, like, you know, we spent a lot of time, I, I used to spend a lot of time like, why aren't students coming in to talk to me when they have problems? And I think they just never thought that that was something that people did. Right. You know? So we, I've learned not to just say like, come talk to me. I just reach out to students individually now and I'm like, Hey, what's up? Versus waiting for this kind sure. of, you know, because they, they see this barrier between us that yes. I didn't realize they saw. Right. Because, and they don't have anybody to, na to like navigate that with. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think they, I think the other thing that's really changed is that they are in, in college for the outcome of getting a job. So, mm -hmm. It's not, you know, I think when I was going to school, there were a lot of people and I was probably one of these people who were like, yeah, I'll go to college, but I had no job aspirations. Like I just kind of was like, it'll happen. Mm -hmm. Like I just assumed I would find a job, you know, right. with a bachelor's degree. And maybe people did back then, but now that's definitely not the case. And so if in their mind, if they're, they're very much looking to see like, what classes should I take to get a specific kind of job? Okay. And um, so I think that's really smart, right? I mean, they're very strategic about it. Um, 
So, so, you know, I think they, they realize that this is an investment, like that they have to make for an outcome that they want. Yeah. When did you, when did you think that you wanted to do teaching? So after college was when I did AmeriCorps. Right. For how long? And then two years. Okay. And then I worked on that program. So it was, you know, when I was doing kind of some of that community organizing that I thought this would be something. I didn't know if I wanted, didn't know if at that point I wanted to be a, you know, a university professor. Right. But I knew I enjoyed kind of learning and thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. So. So at that point, what you decided to go back to school and study yeah. more, but not. So then I got. A, I was like, I was thinking I'd get a degree in public policy, and then I decided to get the PhD. I see. So, so when you were working on like your what would it be like a master's degree in public policy, or you yeah you you weren't necessarily thinking like I'm going to teach. You were just like I'm going to delve further into this and see where yeah. it goes. Yeah, and maybe work on, like, I'm interested in, I think that's the politics piece of it, right? Like, I'm interested in policy and, like, thinking about how we create good policy or better policy that, you know, addresses the things that we know, you know, need to be addressed. And how do we do that in a way that, you know, is effective and things like that? I think that's where I was with that at that point. And I still like that, you know, but um, you do less of that when you start when you become a university professor. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and how long, go ahead. No, no, I didn't have anything. I just like, you <laughs> nothing to say. Um, what do you, so I imagine you're reasonably busy between work and being on the school board and, and whatnot. What do you like to do? What's your go-to thing for unwinding? What's your go-to activity or activities? Um, I love, um, I mean, like now that we're in quarantine, it's interesting because, you know, mm-hmm. like you've kind of like had to rethink, like normally I would have said like go out to eat, meet mm-hmm. up with friends, like yep. travel, you know, like those are my like things I like, I like planning to do those things, you know, like you, okay. I would spend a lot of time thinking like, Oh, are we going to go on vacation next? Um, so I've tried to like go on walks with friends to like see people and like get out of the house, reading a lot of new books. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching my, I mean, I'm, I've always thought that I was missing out on all the good TV because <laughs> I didn't have time. So I've been trying to find more time to do that. Uh (laughs) So, you know, I mean, yeah, that's about it. Cooking some cooking things that I always thought were too hard to cook or I didn't think I had the time, you know, like, Oh, I don't have time to spend two hours in the kitchen. Oh, I guess I do now. So, (laughs) Uh, What's the best thing you've made or the, your favorite thing that you've made that you've learned to cook in this time? Um, We, I've learned how to make, make pho. Oh really? Which is like yeah, delicious. Um, we've Difficult tried to bake a bunch easy? of. Di- I mean, it was easier than I thought it would be, but okay. you know, still like takes some time. Yeah, we wanted to make soup dumplings, but we haven't. I don't know. I don't, it feels like I need to find somewhere to get some of the things. Yeah, um, and we've baked a bunch of different hard things that I you know didn't think were super easy, but croissants and things like that. 
Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like it's funny. I've been trying to remind myself that there's there like the the slowing down as a result of the pandemic has, was really hard at first, and then you try to appreciate it, mm-hmm. which I think I was in, and now I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah, okay, like you know, like. <laughs> I want to just go out to eat once, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I just really, really miss that. Yeah. So, but that's fine. What do you miss? Do you miss the food or do you miss like the experience of being out with it's, other people in the bus? Yeah. Like, you know, like meet up with friends, mm-hmm. eat food that you don't, you know, normally make. And it's yeah. like interesting and sharing the food and like getting a, like a fancy cocktail and, you know, mm-hmm. all those things. And just, um, yeah, I do miss that part. I think it's yeah. probably the socializing, you know, like yeah. uh, we've had some like, you know, backyard socially distance like beers now and it's great. Like if you, it's been, you know, you just miss, this is obviously great to talk to people like this on, uh, on the film. No, but it's like not like, I would much prefer you were here, right. even if we were doing the exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know, like there's something about that. That's just great. So, um, you know, you kind of, you don't realize, I mean, I guess we all appreciate it more now every time we do see anybody (laughs) in real life, but, um, yeah. And then like that experience of that, those things together with other people is so fun, you know? Yeah. Um, you mentioned before about like vacation planning and stuff. Talk to me about your approach to that. You like, um, like you, how do like I decide? Set, well, yeah, I mean, well, I guess, uh, so I'll be more specific. Like, do you get satisfaction out of just the planning process, sort of independent of the actual trip and the destination and stuff? Yeah, I think it both, you know, like thinking yeah. through like, where are we going to go and why would we go there and what would we do when we were there? You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like kind of plan out everything we're going to do, but I do like to see like, what are some of the things that could be fun? Um, And yeah, I don't know. You know, like we, you know, we were in France last year for the women's world cup. Right. And so like those kinds of trips are just like Mac and I, we do tend, we have like planned trips around sporting events or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or seeing family or friends which is always great. And then um, the kids are old enough now that there's so many things that we can do that, you know, are kind of culturally interesting Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, are just really fun. So, but I do like, I do like, you know, do a lot of, I don't know if I call it research, but I like to, you know, just kind of see like, what's, I don't know. I haven't, like we were going to go to Denver this summer and to visit a friend and I don't think I've ever spent any time in Denver. So it was kind of like, oh, okay, let's see. So when you do that, do you do a bunch of research and then you're like, okay, I have this menu of stuff, but I'm not really committing to anything? Or do you have like an itinerary or how do you? No, I usually just keep a menu of stuff and like wait till we get there. Like I like to kind of play it a little bit more chill than that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if I know we have to have tickets for something, yeah. But otherwise. Right. I see. You know? Um, you mentioned the Women's World Cup stuff. So talk to me about your level of interest in various sports. Like, what's, <laughs> what are you into? Well, I mean, I live in a house where 
if there's a ball involved, the, my husband is watching it, but it's yes. been, you know, really quiet until yes, recently. Of course. Um, so I love watching soccer, yeah. women's and men's soccer. We, I like to watch tennis. I'll watch baseball. I'll watch the basketball. I mean, I kind of, I, my, I love to watch soccer. Everything else. I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, would you consider yourself to be reasonably sporty? Like as a participant? Oh, like to play? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I will. Tennis? Like what do you? Sure. Tennis. I used to play soccer okay. um, on a regular basis. Um, yeah. I like to kind of like, yeah, I would. I like team sports. You do. But it's for the team part. <laughs> you know, like okay. softball, right? Like it would yeah. be like, oh, let's hang out with the front, some friends and do these things. Right. You know, not like I'm not really competitive anymore. Mm-hmm. So did you ever play like an organized sport like in high school or in a league? Yeah, I played you know? soccer and tennis in high school. Okay. So um, was it similar then? Were you sort of not competitive, but liked being part of the team or? I mean, I, like, I think I was probably more competitive then, but okay. Yeah. But like, you know, like I think, um, like definitely I like, you know, like meeting, like if I was, I remember in Chicago, you know, being like somebody, if somebody were to say to me like, Hey, do you want to play softball? I would probably have been like, yeah, I always said yes to that kind of thing mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm, I'm athletic enough that I'm not going to like embarrass myself. And then there's always like those kinds of like rec sports are mostly just screwing around, you know, <laughs> it's just fine. Like that's the kind of level I'm at. Like, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want people to be like, you know, too intense about the whole thing. So. Yeah. yeah. Like if we lose, it's fine. I mean, it's, you know, whatever, co softball. So. <laughs> that makes total sense. Um, you talked earlier about not being an artist or whatever, but do you, are there particular art forms that you're interested in as a, um, can, I don't know what the word is, consumer of those things? Like, are you a music fan? Do you like yeah, I the think art so. to see paintings? Like, what do you? I think both of those things, like I am at the level of fan, but not... You know, like, I don't know, like, let's say I really like an artist. I don't like delve into it. I don't necessarily, like, I don't go to the next level of yeah. like learning about like how they came up with the song and all those kinds of things. And right. the same thing with art, like I'll read about it and be interested in it. I probably would say like, I love really good fiction. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like where I spend more time learning more about what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like I think, uh, I enjoy live music, like all those kinds of things, but it's not, I don't feel like I'm one. I don't really know. Like, I don't, I, I'm always just like really impressed by how people do those things because I don't feel like I, I understand that process. Um, and then, uh, but I'm also like happy to be a participant, you know, in yeah. that as well. Do you have like go-to fiction books that you recommend and someone's like, Oh, you like fiction books? What should I read? Mm. I'm usually like, it's funny because there's a, I have a, a lot, like a a group of friends who we often text each other. Like, Oh, you really need to read this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, I mean, but I don't know. I mean, I just trust them to know like what I might be interested in. I, I would say that I'm open to a lot of things. I've actually been, um, I want to read. So uh, my oldest is Leela is going to be in ninth grade. And so I saw her freshman reading book list and I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind reading these again. Cause I mean, like we, you know, like when you were, when I was reading them as a ninth grader, I think I was definitely in a different, obviously, right? Like I was just a different person in so many ways. So it's fun to read them now and be like, oh, that's really interesting. And actually I read a lot of the stuff that the kids read because tween books are actually pretty interesting these days. Yeah. You mean more recent, recently written books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For like that age, sure. I mean, it's definitely not. I don't know. I don't know what I was reading back then, you know. But you know, it's just like it's much more. Um, I think just like, like full of interesting kind of plot lines and mm-hmm. characters and things, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And it's nice because then, obviously, like we can talk about the book, so sure. it helps. Yeah, there were some for whatever reason, like there were some major books that like everybody else read when they were in high school that I never read. And a couple of them I read much later, you know, like mm-hmm. in my late twenties or something. And some of them I was like, I can't imagine that I would have liked it this much if I had read it right. when I was 15, especially if somebody was telling me to. And then there were one or two books I read it and I was like, I don't get this at all. But maybe when I was 15, I would have thought this was something like, I <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, are you a person who will reread your favorite books? Um, yeah, maybe if I'm like, not, I don't have anything or, you know, yeah. I tend to kind of stick to new things, but yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, were you into reading like growing up? Like what kind of kid were you? I mean, yeah, nerdy, read a lot of books. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, back then though, like if you think about it, like <laughs> when we had less, I mean, like the things that we did for fun were usually watching TV, reading, right, and playing with your friends, right, like riding your bike around town and screwing right. around. So I love to do all those things. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like uh, it's funny. I the reason I really appreciate where we live here is that the kids do kind of like get on their bikes and just go, you yeah. know, for hours on end. Yeah. Is that how um, it was for you growing up? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And you just kind of go to your friend's house, leave the bike. And, you know, like we used to, I don't even know, like, do you like there, you know, like used to be woods by our house. So we would just kind of like walk in there and I don't know, just like screw around, you know, yeah. like no plans really. Um, so here they go that we we're on, we're on Lake Michigan, we're really close to Lake Michigan. So they can go to the beach um, or they just like go to each other's houses and, you know, whatever, sit outside on the grass and chit chat, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of stuff. But it's nice just to feel like you can, I mean, as much as I love living in the city, like I like the fact that there's this kind of like throwback here of, you know, nostalgia of you can be out and about on your bike by yourself as a kid and yeah. it's cool, you know? Yeah, that's kind of from a different era. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I get that, you know, it's funny because when we're in Chicago visiting cousins, like that's not even on the radar, right? 
I mean, they could go probably, they wouldn't ride their bike probably though either, but they could probably, you know, take a bus or something sure. on their own somewhere. That's a little bit more, it's a little bit, I think, less like, you know, see you, see you in a couple hours type of um, right. feeling. So, Is there uh, something for you that evokes childhood that kind of transports you back to that, whether it's, I don't know, it could be anything, smell, a song, a something. Like, are there things that, that transport you back in time to that? To that, that feeling of summer? Life? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I just, I mean, like, I, you know, I ride my bike around too, you know, mm-hmm. not like aimlessly usually, but, <laughs> but there's something about that feeling of like, you know, that smell of summer and mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the fireflies out at night and you're riding your book bike around and that, like that I, it's definitely a summer feeling, mm-hmm. you know, the grass, the smell of the grass. Yeah. Um, just sitting out there and like, like not having things to do, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling as well. Do you ever have that feeling? Do you get that feeling as an adult sometimes? I do. Yeah, that's I think, great. yeah, it's really great, right? Like, uh, yeah. it's kind of nice, yeah. Because, and do you think you genuinely have nothing to do in those moments, or are you just able to kind of like separate from the stuff you do have to do to kind of get into that space? I think that we probably have more time to do less things, right? So we just need to make those decisions. Yeah, I think, you know, it's really, like I said, like the, you realize with the, um, pandemic that like, I didn't need to do all those things I was doing all the time. Like, I mean, obviously because everything managed without it, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, like we don't have to feel like we're rushed all the time. Like we can just be like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Or now that was a situation where, Oh, we can't do that you know? So, okay. Um, I mean, I guess there's probably, I don't know how you feel. This is the one hard part about working from home and I don't know how you feel about this, but in some ways work is always there now. Yeah. You know? And so like just a door away. Right. And so just being more mindful of like, okay, I don't need to be in that space all the time. Mm -hmm. Or like it could wait till Monday, Mm -hmm. you know? Like I could do it now, but it's, sure. I guess, technically the weekend. So let's not do it now. Are you good at that in general in life and like kind of putting things in the, you know, sort of a context or a compartment and then setting them aside for a period of time? I think I was better when I wasn't working from home. <laughs> <laughs> it was Honestly. As as work goes. Right? And like, you know, like, yeah. And like people were, we were all in different spaces a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I'm okay at it. I'm not great. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I can get, I mean, I can, so I've been consumed with the reopening plans for our school mm-hmm. and, you know, it's probably kind of moved into spaces where I should be thinking about other things, Yeah, you know? So it's like, if there is something that's like taking up a lot of my mind space, then I'm not sure I'm really good at it anymore. Right. Um, and when school starts again, you know, like that's 
or when, you know, for me, I'm also like a work schedule that's semester based. So I'm technically on summer break right now anyway, except planning for the fall. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a skill definitely to be able to be good about saying like turning off things and turning them back on yeah, when sure. you can really focus on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, sort of along those lines, are you, um, it seems to me like a related skill is the ability to, um, separate from stuff that is rattling you in some fashion, right? Whether it's like some kind of conflict you have with somebody or some kind of, I don't know, dealing with some sort of, you know, disappointment or aggravation or stuff over things. Um, are you able to, to separate those things out and be like, okay, I'm, you know, mad at you, but it will, we'll talk about it later and it won't ruin, you know, the rest of my day or the rest of this event or whatever, or, you know, if you go from one context where you have to have some kind of conflict with somebody and then you move to another setting that has nothing to do with that, are you able to leave it behind or leave it behind? Yeah. I don't know. I think that, um, I probably think that I, I probably am trying to leave it behind in moments where I'm like, you know, and then probably not a hundred percent in the other space, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely am better at it. I've definitely like have learned that it's best not to say or do anything for like, if I'm really like feeling pretty stressed or upset about something for a full 24 hours, like just let it sit there yeah, and then make the decision later because you know like i can get pretty mad about things and like want to say things about you know say things like you know whatever but it's just like all right that's probably not gonna in the long run this will make it'll it'll feel really good in the short run but it won't be good in the long run right so yeah um so i think that's the other piece i don't know it's hard though yeah i'm sure it seems that seems like a pretty wise approach do you get do you get mad? Like, is that something that happens yeah. fairly often? I mean, not, I don't know if I'd say fairly often, but okay. Uh, I mean, some people have sort of a, like a short. They run a little hotter than other people, or have a slightly shorter fuse, or whatever. No, I think. I mean, I guess I get mad at like you know whatever what I would consider like stupidity. You know, just like mm-hmm. blatant, like really, come on. Um, but no, I don't think I have. I don't think I have a very short fuse. I don't know. Yeah. I think in general, I, um, I, I, I think that I am willing to be pretty reasonable most of the time, but I don't know. I think that there, but if something like really makes me crazy, I'm trying to think of a good example of like something that like, I was just like incensed about, but I can't think of anything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like so much of what you end up, I think, being mad at about these days is like out out of my control anyway. Sure. Or it feels very much out of my control. Sure. You know, and so then you're like, oh my gosh, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, you have to decide if you're just torturing yourself or if you're... Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, you don't want to walk away from the need to like make change. 
So you probably need to mm-hmm. keep a little bit of that simmering, mm-hmm. but then to be in this full blown, like, you know, why aren't people wearing masks or something space all the time? It's like, I don't know where that's going to get me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how facile do you think you are at changing yourself? Or in- is that something that you actively try to do? Is it something you're aware of? Is it? Um, I think I try to be aware of it. I'm pretty, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm guessing others would say that like I have it, like I'm pretty stubborn and maybe some of my um, ways to do things. I do like routine a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like I like to do, again, this was like another hard part with like working from home. Like I like kind of like the rhythm of those kinds of things. Like mm-hmm. this is when I, I'm doing this and this like, is when I'm doing this. Like and so to change like those things is like to be able to say like, okay, so I don't, I'm a different, that's not necessarily changing who I am. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. Give me having... an example of uh, how you well, change. <clears throat> I mean, I think, I guess, so the routine thing is interesting to me, right? So you like the rhythm of a day or knowing that, like, this is how it, it goes and, and yes. getting and in, settling into that groove, right? And feeling, right. feeling that rhythm. That makes sense to me. Um, I guess I was thinking, like, is there any stuff where you th- think to yourself, you know what, I'd like to be more like this or I'd like to develop this habit or get rid of this other habit or whatever. Like, do you have projects like that consciously with yourself or? um, I think so. I think that, um, I mean like the one that like I think of that I, Mac and I actually started this, you know, like way back when we left Chicago is like, we try to be, we, and he's the one who he's like, say yes to everything once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say that I'm a pretty, not suspicious person, but <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm always like, wait, you want to do what? Or, you know, like, right. Mm. But I, we, I try to say, yeah, like if people ask me to join them on something, I right. try to say yes. All of, like, it's one of the things that I was like, right. be open to new experiences and like, who knows, you know, that's great. Um, and we decided to do that you know, because we were like, we don't know anybody in this town, so we better start, you know, like, how are we going to meet people? But it is a, um, you know, with him, it's like, he, you know, it's like an improv, like, thing, right? Yes and is like over there. And so it's like, okay, so where does it take you? Like, if you say yes, where are you going to go with that? And it's kind of like, I think it's not, not that I'm not, I don't, I consider myself an extrovert, but I'm also, like I said, suspicious. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> not of intention necessarily, but just like, well, why would I do that? Yeah. You know? And so I think maybe that's one thing that it's not necessarily like my inclination, but I've tried to be more, okay, yeah. I'm in. Do you feel like <clears throat> you've got, it's gotten easier? Like, are you more comfortable being like, yeah, okay, I'll try that. Sure. We'll try that one. Definitely. Like, I mean, it helps to be, you know, 40, almost 48. And being like, what ups? You know, <laughs> like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, like you're right, like right. you're like, mm, okay, yeah. Like, I can't imagine um, 
like even the worst outcome doesn't sound that bad anymore, you know, and I don't actually care if I don't like it makes me look dumb or something like I'm yeah. fine with all those things. Yeah. Right. So that right. helps, you know, whereas I think when you're younger, like you're just, I was more worried about like, how's this going to make me look or are people mm-hmm. going to be like, what's her deal or, you know, whatever. So. Yeah. yeah. It's liberating to let go of that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, so I think that's another piece of it is like knowing that being comfortable enough that even if it goes horribly wrong, like, or you look really bad, like nobody will really, like, I think there's this moment and I still think I look at this with my 15 year old where she really thinks that people, she's, she, and I was there too. Like she firmly believes that people are always looking at her and watching yes. her. Right. And so how she looks and then, and then you, and then to be in mind where I'm like, I know nobody's looking at her or me, but I can't right. tell her that <laughs> right. she doesn't care. But I also know for me, it's like, okay, whatever, you know, like, yeah, you know, like people There's, really aren't that interested. You think you're, your whole, every, it's just so narcissistic, right? Sure. But right. then like you're you like, are at that age, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I think, there's a great quote that I read years ago that sticks with me, and I think it's attributed to Bob Hope. <clears throat> and it was okay. And the, the quote is that when I was 20 years old, I was really worried about what everybody was thinking about me. When I was 40, I didn't care what anybody was thinking about me. And when I was 60, I realized nobody had been thinking about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's to me is really powerful. Like if you can right. get there, uh, right? Exactly. Like okay, yeah. You can, and it's hard to believe. I think especially when you're young, you're like, no, that's oh, not true. Yeah. they're totally thinking about me. They're totally laughing at me. They're totally right. whatever. About yeah, exactly. Me. And whereas, if you can actually get yourself to that place, it's super liberating. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, it's like. And then it's like interesting to watch that kind of happen again, right? Mm-hmm. With a young person in my life and remember sure. being there, you know? So. Yeah. I would imagine, I would guess that that sort of highlights it for you. Like the, the yeah. how, you know, maybe you wouldn't have noticed how different you were on that parameter until exactly. you saw it up close with the young person. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, are you a person who feels like, some people feel anxious about getting older. Other people, I don't know, maybe am more ambivalent or some people are, are fine with it. Like, do you, do you think about that? Do you think about, do you spend time thinking about getting older in any way? You know, that's so interesting. Like, I think I spend very little time thinking about it Yeah. in a way that's probably like, you know, I think when you're, it's funny again, thinking about like when I was 15, I drew, I was thinking a lot about like what it's going to be like to be an adult and what it's going to be like, you know, and now I don't really think about like, I don't think about being retired or Uh like, you know, somebody who's older. So like in their seventies or eighties, I just don't, I don't really, not that I can't imagine being there, but it's like, I also Uh don't. I feel like it'll get, uh, I don't like start, and I'm not imagining what it'll feel like necessarily. And you're not worrying about it, right? No, not not really. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I I guess like in this moment, like now you think, oh man, 
I don't know about you, but I do wonder how much this is like 2020 is going to change like, like our lives forever. Sure. And it's like a weird thing to think about that when I'm at this age and that happening, you know, versus like much older and being like, you know, I like watch my mom and people her age who are like, I think just kind of annoyed by the whole thing and like, mm-hmm. let's just move, get over it. And then yeah. I listen to like, and then for young people, like they're not going to have had enough of the pre 2020 to remember. Right. right. Probably, you know, I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. It's like a strange feeling to think like there's going to be this. Um, so that, that part of the uncertainty I do think about, like, I wonder what this is going to look like, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I wonder, I have a not very well formed hypothesis that that, that that thing you're talking about actually creates more anxiety for younger people than it does for people like mm-hmm. age ish and up. Because I feel like as you get older, there's a certain degree of, yeah, all kinds of different things happen. And then it keeps, goes back. Everything keeps going, right? Everything is like, it's. Whereas I think probably if this had happened when I was younger, I'd be more freaked out about it. Everything seems like forever, right? When you're mm-hmm. 50. Yeah, there's that piece too. Yeah, I think, I guess like in my mind, I was talking to somebody about, you know, like if I were to project when I think things, like people are always talking about like when are things going to get back to normal? Sure. And I'm not sure, like I don't know if I believe things will ever go back to February of 2020. Right. Right. So right. then it's like, I guess, you know, like thinking through like, so what would be the new, like how long does something have to be in a place, right? To become normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like now I'm like, it's kind of normal that, yes. I don't know, right. like this has become pretty normal. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Like that's the part where um, I do, I feel like, I feel like it's easier for my kids who are still in elementary school than in high school than if you were in college or mm-hmm. like just graduated from college and it's like, okay, what just happened? You know, like <laughs> to all the things that I thought existed in the world. Right. So, well, I think also you start to think like all the things I'm counting on being a certain yeah. way. Right. And it's hard to, to let go of some of that. For sure. Yeah. I think even for all, for me, right. Like this whole idea, like I'm going to eat out at a restaurant again. I mean, I don't know. Who knows how long that'll take, you know? Do you feel like you've adapted better or worse than you might have expected to the changes? Um, I mean, I think I adapted. um, I mean, now I feel like I've adapted better. I think at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I kind of was a little bit like, what? You know, like it felt very strange to feel restricted in like movement, yeah. like even it was self-imposed, but it felt sure. restricted. You know, you felt those restrictions. Um, I don't know. I guess overall, I think we've, we haven't really, the problem, right. If I think about why we're still like having this scenario of rising cases all the time is that we really haven't accepted that we need to adapt more. Yeah. So we, you know, like in Wisconsin, like this whole thing about how you like, you can't go from, I can't travel to Chicago now. Right. You know, like (laughs) 
it's like one of those things where I'm like, we probably should have done that a long time ago. Like we laugh about it now. Yeah. We probably should have just said like, everybody stay where you are right? and don't move, you know? Yes. But we didn't. And then, and now it's like this weird, like, so now when it happens, I think we're all like, wait, now you're going to tell me I can't go to Chicago. That makes no sense. Yeah. You know? It seems like if everybody would have done, I mean, if the rules had a been stricter earlier on, but B also if people would have adhered to them, we could be yes. done by now or, you know, yeah, or just like in a different place than we are now yeah, for right. sure. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's, uh, that to me is like the adaptability piece of, and I do this too. I mean, I have chosen the things that I'm willing to take risks with and things right. I'm not willing to take risks with. Right. So, right. And your your profile there is probably different than yeah. I don't know, mine or somebody else. It could, you know, whatever. There's everybody's got their own particular set of things where they're like, "Well, I'm willing to give up this, but I won't give up that." Exactly, exactly. And then when we all make those individual choices, right? Then right, it doesn't really sync up in a way that's <laughs> no. minimizing the impact right. of thing, right? Right. Yeah. Interesting. I also have a, like a pet um, theory that like it's, it's, you know, part of the reason it's different. I mean, America's different than other countries. Each country is different, right. In terms of their geography and, and population and so forth, but that, you know, because of some things in our culture, we're sort of, you know, there's a certain amount of built in, resistance to oh yeah you know to following rules of, of that sort i mean that's the part that i think is so fascinating about you know like the mask wearing right like the level of i don't i don't i don't notice it as much when i've been to chicago but here in the suburbs that's like the you know classic don't tell me what to do sure right you crazy liberal like if you see, right. you know, and sometimes, you know, you're like the only one wearing the mask and you're like, okay, what's going on here? You know? Right. Yeah. That's what Whereas I, that, that didn't happen. Like we've been to Chicago enough times, the city, not as much, but a couple of times where I was like, I just thought like what you guys are much more proactively requiring people to yeah. be. And it didn't seem like people were balking at the idea. You know? Yeah, no, I think you're right. There's a real fascinating cultural thing, whether it's, you know, because of different cities or, or, you know, regions of the country or just urban versus rural and different kinds of stuff where there's a lot of, um, there are cultural differences, right? Even within our country or re yeah, within exactly. regions of our country or within a state, there's real there's real difference. Yeah, and I mean, the sad, to me, like, the sad part about it, like, here anyway, is, like, how much of it has become, you know, part politicized. Yeah, right. And, you know, I don't know. Right, it becomes like, politicized it's kind of like, what are like we a doing? face-saving thing and then exactly. you know, thing and exactly. it's weird. Um, I was, somebody I know was talking a couple of years ago or at some gathering and they are like, they were basically complaining about seatbelt requirement laws like i don't need the government oh, yeah. to tell me yeah. to wear a seatbelt, and i was like Oof, that seems to me like boy yeah. i don't know that, right 
I mean, I guess you could talk about this in context of any number of other things, right? Like, although I know there's more conspiracy stuff around like vaccinations than seatbelts or whatever, there's, it's kind of, to me, like a similar thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly the same. And then like now it's like hard to imagine. So this is like, to me, like this could be the moment where like my kids will wear a mask for the rest of their, I don't know. I mean, that seems extreme, but it could be, right? Like for the rest of their lives, right? they could be wearing masks in public. And so that's like a hard thing and the rest of my life, right? But like also like that's just like a weird, but then it could be normal, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like all of a sudden it just becomes like, oh yeah, you right. know? Okay, I guess. Right, like in some countries they don't wear shirts ever anybody yeah right and or you know yeah exactly <laughs> and then you just like you kind of like okay yeah just put on the mask <laughs> parasha thank you for being on what else you're a terrific person to talk to all the time including in this context thank you i loved being on all right all right there it is parasha what else <laughs>